1: It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanez, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football. No. Sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. The first episodes of The Last Dance. And we're just getting started. Also, Cam Parker, a new Montana transfer, and the Athletic Director at Montana State, Leon Costello. It is Tutel and Nuwanis 1029 ESPN Radio and SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this Monday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. We appreciate you being with us. Hope your weekend was well. And, hey, we got ourselves a nice, sunny, springish thing going on. Coulter's wearing a salmon shirt. I mean, it can't get better than this out here. I wouldn't call it pink. I'm going to do you it's a favor. It's coral. Certainly is
0: salmon is a little different. A little, yeah, it's a little pinkish. a little yellower. This is a more orange, okay. orange pink rather it, than uh,
1: pink pink. It's I, I'll get you there. I go I go with you on the coral. It's very festive. It's very apropos to what's going on. Everything in bloom, including Coulter Nuances uh, here today. Hope you had uh, again a great weekend. We appreciate you letting us be on board with you. If you would like to listen live, and uh, it's just easier wherever you are, working from home, hanging out. On your device, on your computer, you go to our website, 1029ESPN.com. You listen there all the time. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. They put that stream together uh, for us. If you'd like to call, how about this? You can do it today. 406-361-3688. Again, not a permanent number, but a number that's functional for today. We'll be bringing you the permanent number soon. We're looking forward to that. So, again, uh, 361-3688, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankish Brothers RV phone line, including guy who we'll have up here in about a half an hour cam parker he's a transfer from sacred heart university where did we say this was on the east coast yeah, somewhere fairfield connecticut fairfield connecticut so he's from the portland area okay he's been spent the last two years on the
0: east coast yep. now he's coming to the last best place so well traveled already for all a right young man
1: uh but cam parker uh holds this distinction has the highest uh, number of assists in a single game in Division One history since they started keeping the stat in 1983. 24 assists he dished out in one game. It was against a Division Three opponent, but hey, I mean, who... Who do you? I mean, come on! Now that's pretty impressive. So uh, we will talk to Cam Parker about his transfer to the University of Montana. Also on the basketball front, at the uh, at the University of Montana, officially Mike Petrino has been named now the interim uh, head coach uh, for this upcoming season for the Montana Lady Grizz This is the first official transmission uh, from the university uh, since this news broke on the first of April, and we're now here on the twentieth of April. But uh, officially, uh, that release uh, being made today. So we will talk. About about that a little bit top of the hour looking forward to leon costello the athletic director at montana state uh, university we were able to talk with him late last week so we're going to bring you that uh, interview that we had on zoom uh, at the top of the hour and i think uh, uh, you know as much as we talk about in this whole scenario whether it's uh, you know the day-to-day life the you know the gradual reopening of the economy should it happen and obviously the athletic stuff and all that kind of stuff there's a lot of Uh, 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 just ambiguity, a lot of unknowns in, in the world. I thought it was a great conversation that we got to have with Leon Costello that at least we got, there's some things that, you get from a guy who's sitting in that chair to to give you a, at least color it a little bit and, and at least you'll know what they're what you don't know right that's what they say you know what you don't know sure. and also uh, to find out some things that i thought were very very interesting and and, and worth consideration so we'll bring you that uh, conversation at the top of the hour as well
0: yeah very informative and appreciate leon i mean i've said it before but he's in a very high profile position but mm-hmm. i really appreciate him for providing the information he's provided but also being willing to consume information himself, and I think that that sets him apart, uh, especially in the media market that we live in. He he does a good job of informing himself, too, and I think it's been very gracious of him to give us so much time over this last month or so, because this will be the third time he's been on the show with us already, Mm -hmm. and uh, I've learned a lot from just him, him, him passing along the things that he's learned, and yeah. I think it's as we talked about with Justin Angle. By the way, tease for later on in the week. Our ESPN roundtable this week will feature Justin Angle. It actually probably be a two part interview. Probably play it Wednesday and Thursday. But Justin Angle, professor at the University of Montana Business School, incredibly sharp guy. Um, but we we were talking earlier about how the lack of information is maybe the most concerning part, or I guess the. The hazy
1: nature of the information—it's ambiguous. Like you right. don't—you don't. None of us know. There's no definitive thing when it comes to right. a virus and sort of the impact it can have. So it's a lot of statistics and projections, but not a lot of, you know, certainty. Well, hello, my friends. You may be wondering why the podcast ended abruptly there, and now clearly, this incontinuitous monologue has begun. And I'd like to tell you that I'm wondering the very same thing. As many of you know, we have just gotten into brand new studios, and I can't tell you how excited we are to be in those studios, and also, sometimes the things that we're talking to each other all of a sudden aren't talking to each other, and you don't necessarily know it in the moment. And so, unfortunately, this is where the podcast of the show itself ends. The good news is this. We had a very nice and long conversation with Leon Costello, the athletic director at Montana State University. We have that for you in full, which we will play for you right now. And that will be the content of the podcast for Monday, April 20th. We did have a nice conversation about the last dance, as well as with new Montana Grizzly basketball transfer Cam Parker, who's coming in from Sacred Heart University in Connecticut uh, by way of Beaverton, Oregon, where he is from originally. Sadly, both of those have been lost, and we do apologize for it. We will rectify the podcast recording situation and have that for you in full once again beginning tomorrow. Until then, though, please enjoy our conversation with Montana State Athletic Director Leon Costello.
2: At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com remote workforce to learn more.
1: Well, happy now to head to the Regans Brothers RV phone line and welcome in the athletic director at Montana State, friend of the show, Leon Costello. Leon, thanks so much again for being with us. We appreciate it. Uh, Last we spoke, there was a whole bunch that was changing. Since that time, a lot has changed, and yet we still have a lot that we don't know yet. As you sit here in the middle of April with spring sports not happening and looking forward to football and trying to get ready for that what is what is the broad status for you and your chair as the ad at at montana state
3: really it's it's trying to get uh all the information from a bunch of different sources you know whether it's health officials or the university or the community and getting all that information to our staff and our coaches and our student athletes to, to let them understand what's going on and then From that information, we're formulating our plans on um, you know maybe a couple different scenarios and how we're gonna continue to move forward. And you know the the value of the unknown has been crazy. And trying to plan for things that you just don't know about that you have four, five, six, seven different scenarios that you are playing out. Um, You're hopeful that you're you're dealing with one, and then obviously you have your worst case scenario at the other end of the spectrum. And you're kind of dealing with everything in between. And so, you know, status is, uh, you know, every day is a new day. And, uh, you know, you wake up and, you know, I'm like, probably like everybody else. I watch the news. I, you know, read, the, read the newspaper, and get all my information online and, um, try and see if there's any been any advances or any, uh, slowdowns of, uh, of the numbers and things that were moving in a positive direction and, uh, and, and seeing where, where that would take us. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of one of those things, one of those games where you wait for the information and then you uh, you make plans that day for for what you know at the current time.
0: High school sports in Montana still hanging on for dear life. I mean, they, <laughs> they haven't canceled them completely yet, but they did come down with the cancellations of all spring sports. So I mean, what was your reaction to that and how do you go about just navigating that from a logistics perspective?
3: Well, I, you know, not not surprised, uh, to be honest with you and with everything that's going on. and. We're kind of in that same boat because uh, in dealing with a lot of the athletic directors in the big sky, we talk a lot about what the summer looks like. And I'd say probably half of our schools have already have canceled summer camps. And we're kind of hanging on to those for a little bit. Um, we've changed how we do registrations and, and we're not taking any upfront payments on those registrations, but we're still allowing uh, whether it's a team camp or teams to register or individuals to register, um, and then we'll just adjust if those camps would happen to take place, we would collect uh, you know the fees on the backside. And so we're kind of holding on there, but having the tools online enable us to do that. But then you know, you take a step further and you look at summer school and summer workouts and, and things that we normally do in the summer. And again, those, that's where we're starting to plan, you know. If, if things are a go, it's doing this. What are some of our contingency plans? And what happens if uh, you know we're not allowed to have student athletes back on campus for the entire summer? And so, um, yeah, getting back to the high school, I guess I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, I think we're all kind of sitting here hoping for the best and, uh, and really trying to make decisions with the information that we have at hand right now.
1: You know, Leon, uh, within the context of the spring sport being canceled a couple of weeks ago, the NCAA announced that they would be granting the, the right for schools to allow another year of eligibility, not just for seniors, but for all, all student athletes that are spring sport participants. On the one hand, seems like a very common sense and good thing to do to get these kids who didn't get a chance to have a season to, to have that season. On another hand, especially from your chair, this is a logistical nightmare. I mean, how are you going to do this with now in another set of incoming freshmen, almost have five classes worth of kids coming into spring sports, things like scholarships, dollars, and that sort of thing. So have you figured out how you're going to work through this and, and what are sort of some of the complications with this, even though it's in general I think probably a good policy?
3: Yeah, no, I think it's a great policy um, given the fact where uh, – when the NCA made that decision, you know, the time frame that was left on those spring sports seasons. And so uh, I think the best thing that the NCAA did was – gave flexibility and autonomy to the individual campuses and individual departments to make decisions that best fit um, one, the department or program and the student athlete, because we've got student athletes that are, especially if you're looking at the seniors that are just in, in different times in different places. And we have some that are going to go on and do some student teaching. We have some that maybe have jobs that are lined up that aren't considering coming back. We have some that maybe do want to come back. And so every case was for us was a little bit different and for the NCAA to give us the flexibility to really work with the student athletes and, uh, and the programs on an individual basis uh, really helped us because as we all know one size in this case doesn't fit all and so we had about 17 uh, seniors that uh, had a possibility of coming back and we think right now we've um, kind of pinpointed that we have I think 11 are going to do that um, and I feel very fortunate that we were able to work with each student athlete and we were able to work with each sport program and work within their numbers. Now, the NCAA made some relief concessions as far as the number of roster spots and the, and the scholarships that you, can, uh, that you can give, especially for next year. But we were able to work with the programs, and we were able to basically have them fit within their, their normal allotments. And one was part due to attrition, uh, part due to maybe there were some open allotments that they hadn't used this year. And so we were able to, to kind of maneuver and work with them and, uh, and take care of a lot of those situations with the individual student athlete and the program to make it work within the numbers that we already had. So for that sense, I feel very fortunate um, that we've got great partners in our programs and our head coaches that are willing to work with us with some of these things. But the impact on our budget is going to be very, very minimal, and we're going to be able to take care of most if not all of the student athletes that wanted to come back and participate so I feel very good about where we are in that boat. So on that note does it I mean does it take more scholarship money
0: to be able to bring in a freshman class and maintain the the people that are coming back or how does that
1: work?
3: Yeah it, potentially it could and, and the NCA was giving us relief um, on that because of the timing of when everything happened and so you could go over your NCA limits and maximum allotment that you could give but Um, we didn't have to do that because of where we were maybe in the recruiting process in some of these sports and what they had, um, maybe some of the offers they had out there, maybe um, those student athletes didn't, maybe they went somewhere else. And so that became available. So with attrition and people that were leaving anyway, and ones that we were recruiting, we were able to put the puzzle pieces together and basically work within our original allotments and not have to adjust or deviate from that very much. There are one one offs, you know, one or two of them, we've had to but we've worked with the programs to make it work to have a very minimal impact on a cash budget, which has been, obviously, when you look at what's going on uh, with the NCA and just with college campuses across the country with the refunds and, and you know, for us not receiving the NCA distribution that we thought we were going to receive, anything that we can save on a, on a cash basis uh, helps us tremendously. We were able to do that.
1: Obviously, uh, Leon Costello, by the way, the uh, athletic director of Montana State joining us and in- you know, obviously at this point, I think a lot of fans have shifted their focus already to the fall and are looking forward to football and trying to figure out, you know, what's gonna happen. And recently in the last week, some pretty big names of you know, Kirk Herbstreak and Fowler and guys have had some some pretty interesting and eye-raising comments about football and football season. My first question isn't even what you're hearing about what's gonna happen, but my question is is the FCS level of football going to or expected to mirror the FBS or is it going to make decisions on its own according to what it thinks, you know, is the best way to go about it?
3: Yeah, I think we'll, um, you'll see decisions being made, uh, you know, as a, as an organization, as an association. So as an NCA group, um, we'll, we'll be making decisions. All the football coaches, you know, get together and, and obviously they've been talking. There's a task force right now that's looking at a return of of football. And so, any of the recommendations that come down will affect all all of football, all of college football. And so we'll expect to be in that group. Uh, you don't, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that have been thrown around out there. And, and again, you know, there's not a whole lot of information, you know, for that to be true or untrue. Right. And so it's just a lot of people speculating and with the advent of social media, it just, it gets more people are able to see that now uh, than ever before. And so, you know, I'm still under the impression that we're we're taking this day by day, and we're looking at uh, the information uh, that we receive from health health officials and 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 from the from the government on on where the virus is and what the spread looks like and 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 where we are that way. You know, I'm I'm still an eternal optimist that uh, you know we're we're going to over the course of the summer we're going to make some huge strides, and you know we're going to have a full fall. And I've told a lot of people this is that. You know, getting outside, um, one, will help everybody. You know, I think get out in the sun and, and people being able to do some things outside. But as we've seen over our history, sports are a natural healer. And when, when tough times have come, you've, you've seen sports being at kind of the front lines of bringing everybody back together and, and really kind of pushing forward and moving on uh, in this country. And uh, I truly think that I think we're going to have that opportunity again here in the fall. And uh, but, that's where my fingers are crossed, and that's where I'm hoping that this thing goes. Well, Leon,
1: let me let me just clarify too. If I understand this correctly, the ultimate decision of how football and fall sports in general are going to go at the collegiate level is a decision that's made by the presidents and the chancellors of the universities, but by and large, certainly with input from from folks like yourselves, the athletic directors, and. I guess the NCAA, perhaps commissioners of conferences, but is that, am I right about that, that that's the group of people that ultimately is going to have to come together and make a decision about how this goes?
3: Yeah. You know, I, here's the thing. I I think there's, there's definitely going to be a hierarchy of, of how these decisions are made. And, you know, I don't think anybody really understands exactly how that's going to happen because we've had conversations about, you know, being here in Montana and seeing our numbers being better than let's say those out in New York or California and we are we going to be able to start things here sooner than others because of because our numbers are better. I just I don't see that happening. Uh, we but again we we don't know. I think the NCAA will come out and say we're going to start all together, and those of us that miss spring ball will have a chance. We'll have a chance to make up what they missed in spring ball, and then everybody will have the same amount of time to get ready to uh, for fall camp to get ready for competition, and then. Uh, but of course, I think the chancellors and presidents are going to have a huge say in this because one, I, I, you're not going to see football on campus if there are no students on campus. Right. And so, um, they're going to have a huge say in this. Our local governments are going to have a huge say, our, you know, our state government's going to have a huge say. And so there's, there, are, there are a lot of steps that we're going to have to work through to see kind of where we are. And what I like to see is just some daily progress on, on us, hopefully getting better and minimizing the spread and and, and Finding that, that uh, the ones that have, have the virus and are getting better, uh, those are the numbers and things that I'm, I'm trying to focus on. And then, uh, you know, just asking the questions. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to work in the unknown. And I get it, you know, because we're sitting here talking about, you know, what does this mean? And there's, there's just a whole lot of unknowns as of right now. But I think as, as we wake up and see positive news, um, hopefully that's good for how we get back and when we get back
0: there's been a lot of talk about if the season is delayed, they want the season to be delayed so there's not a stop and start. They want to stop and restart. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think it's important to have continuity in a season and not have stops and restarts, you know, with the non-conference ends, conference play begins or any sort of stoppage at all?
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would say in a perfect world, yes. Obviously you want it to be uh, consistent and you want it to be fluid and you want to be able to, start it and stop it in, uh, you know, in a given amount of time. But um, then again, I mean, we're working in not a perfect world right now. And so, you know, what that looks like, you know, I think there'll be still be a lot of discussions on that. But I think when we make our decisions, we have to look back at what is best for the student athletes, what is in their best interest of their health and well being. And you know, I think if you start, you have to be prepared to stop at a point when, when you're going to stop. To, to start up and stop and then maybe like over Christmas take a break and then come back, I think is really, really hard on the on the student-athletes, especially at the FCS level when we're not used to that. You know, I think at the FBS level, they kind of do that with the bowl season. You know, they kind of take a little bit of time off and then they kind of practice. You know, here we don't do that. We jump right into the playoffs. We have, maybe have a week off if we're lucky and then we jump right into the playoffs. And so yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll have to take a look at it. What is in the best interest of, a, of our student-athletes, but to get as much of the, of the season completed as possible.
0: You mentioned the fact the, the possibility of spring ball maybe getting done, because I know there was very wide variability in spring ball in the Big Sky Conference. Portland State right. almost got it all done. UC Davis did. Yeah. You guys didn't even start. Uh, so if Montana State was to get spring ball back, would that happen in the summer, or how, do, how would that part work?
3: well that's kind of what they're looking at right now so if if uh best case scenario football would come back in in the given time frame that of kind of a normal season uh what they would look at is giving some time back to those schools that depending on the number of days that you were able to uh participate in spring ball then you would just be less that number of days that you you know could practice here in, in the summer and so for us we didn't start and so hopefully where, where it would shake out is we would tack those days onto the front side of any fall camp and you would kind of see maybe a little mini uh, kind of OTAs kind of like what the NFL does, but that's kind of how we would approach it uh, on the front side of a fall camp and then kind of gradually work into, into fall camp. You know, I, I think to get back, you're looking at, you know, to get kids back on campus and to get them back into some playing shape before that first game, you're, you're probably looking six and a half, seven, eight weeks you know, to really prepare, and, you know, for us not having any spring ball, uh, it, it's going to take probably that full, you know, that full eight weeks, but um, from the initial conversations that I, and the information I've been able to gather is the initial models was giving teams back that amount of time that they missed in spring ball, and then they would add that to any sort of fall camp or summer workouts. Montana State Athletic
1: Director Leon Costello joining us, and Leon, I know that 80s wear a bunch of different hats and uh, the f- best hat of course is talking to the media. It's the greatest thing that you <laughs> could do and you have the most fun doing it, I know. But uh, certainly the, the financial side when it comes to the fundraising stuff and uh, uh, I know that the building project is uh, for the for the football stadium and on the athletic side of campus is a major undertaking that's going on at MSU right now. So where are you at sort of within that and also just given the the oddity of the climate and I know that you know donors is a is a major part of any athletic department and right now is maybe a hard time for folks to give or give what they had planned to give because of everything that's happened so how how is that going and sort of what's your approach in this in this again unique time
3: yeah uh luckily uh, I feel very fortunate that our our campaign was over and we were able to um you know raise the funds that were necessary for the project. Obviously, when when this all came down, um, it brought about some new conversations. And uh, you know, what does it mean for construction? What does it mean for a construction site? What does it mean for the donors that have have, have pledges? And so, uh, those conversations have continued, and feel very good about about where those are. Um, you know, we are moving towards the end of this month, being able to have all of our. Uh, paperwork signed. So our, our contracts uh, with our contractor, our, con- our other paperwork internally here with the foundation and the university and all those things that need, you know, eyes dotted and T's crossed. Um, goal is to have all that stuff done here next at the end of next week and then to be breaking ground in May. And as of right now, everything is moving towards that date. And if we're able to start on that timeline, then uh, our original timeline of having this completed by uh, June of 2021 is still in place. And so, you know, right now I feel very fortunate we're in the position we are. Part of that is because Governor Bullock has um, labeled construction as essential in this state uh, during the during the pandemic time. And so, you know, we're gonna have a lot of construction projects continuing on campus and you'll see a lot of construction projects continuing around the state, even in even here, right here in, in Bozeman. And so I feel good about that, but you know, it's just working and making sure that when we do this, that, uh, you know, everything that we do is, is in that for, with the health and safety and well being of everybody that's involved, whether it's construction workers and, and people that are going to be on the site that, uh, that they can do it and, and abide by, you know, all the parameters that have been set forth. And we feel good about where we are right now. And, uh, fortunate, fortunate we're in this position. And I, I feel, you know, after next week, we'll have, uh, Hopefully something to see over at the north side of uh, Bobcat Stadium. And just seeing a little bit of brown dirt being moved and, and being seeing piles of some of that dirt, I think will give everybody a little bit of hope that hey, you know, this is just another sign, it's another beacon that hey, we're gonna get through this and, and we're continuing to move forward.
0: Now the most important question, how much is Jeff Chobin bothering you? Because I'm sure he is just bored out of his mind, probably <laughs> walking around that facility. Freaking out about everything. And you've not wanted to sit still much. So, uh, how's it going? with
3: you? <laughs> I'm blushing a little bit. Uh, maybe maybe I'm starting to sweat now a little bit. No, uh, you know our coaches have our coaches across the board have been great, and we have really we've we meet uh, two times a week with our head coaches, and and the purpose of that is to be able to get them information that that we have learned from the campus or from the community. Uh, so then they can get that information to their student athletes. They have their own unique communication mechanisms. Every program is a little bit different. We don't have one communication tool that all of our sports use, and they each can go find the way that they best communicate with their student athletes and use that. And so my job is to get that to the head coaches so then they can get them to their assistant coaches, which is then, uh, you know, driven to their, to their student athletes. And so that's really been our number one focus is getting information into the proper hands so we can share that across many, many channels and get it to all of our, all of our people. And our coaches have been outstanding. They've been, believe it or not, they've been patient. Uh, they, they understand. They know what everybody's going through. Uh, they know at the end of the day, uh, safety and, and health and, and uh, well-being of others is, is paramount right now especially their student athletes. And so I think they're talking a lot more to their student athletes, just because there's time in the day to to be able to do that. Um, You know, we're connecting them with our academic services, we're connecting them with our uh, strength and conditioning staff and our athletic training staff and our team docs, and really just trying to take care of them the best way that we possibly can without physically being in their in their presence. And so um, I think it's also given, you know, our coaches and our staff a little bit of time to say, okay, we have these t- daily tasks that we have to accomplish, but okay, here's some time. Let's get, let's get organized. And maybe there's some new things that we can do, or some new things we can try. And I'm kind of looking forward to coming out of this and seeing, you know, how, how this time we've been able to make our ourselves better. And, uh, but I can tell you this, we've been talking to each other a heck of a lot more and looking at a computer screen. I said, the biggest difference is you're used to walking down into an office or seeing somebody in the hallway or, you know, shaking hands. And now you're doing it like this. And so it just feels a little bit different in our business, especially you guys. You're going to events, you're coming to see us. We're doing the same thing with our student athletes. And so that part of it is is a little awkward because I'm a handshaker. I'm, you know, I'm a, I want to be in the presence of, of people. And so doing it this way has been a little different, but I also think uh, this way we've had our best attendance at our full staff meetings on, on on Zoom or on, on WebEx. <laughs> right. uh, so, and I think people just want, um, engagement. Like they just want information and they want to be able to talk to people. They want to be able to, I mean, it's a way for them to get out, kind of get out of their house, if you will. And, um, uh, I think we're all in that same boat and, uh, thank goodness for technology because technology is allowing us to do that.
1: Well, Leon, we appreciate you being with us very much. Uh, we're going to let you keep not shaking people's hands for the foreseeable <laughs> future, if, uh, if that's okay. But we certainly, we appreciate We hope that you can make, and it sounds like you are certainly making the most of this time and maybe finding some good in this as well. And we will uh, look forward to catching up down the line as we find out, you know, more and more about how the, the chips are going to fall in, in all of these things.
3: Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh obviously we'd be happy to share, you know, information as soon as we have it. We'd be happy to share with you guys. And I think, you know, rounding this out, I, I just want to say um to everybody out there, you know, all of your followers and subscribers, and uh, you know, we're thinking about you and uh, you know, we want to get back to uh, you know, playing football and in all of our athletic contests as soon as we can, but we all want to be safe and we want everybody out there to be safe. And so please continue to to do the things necessary to to get us back to normal, you know, washing your hands and social distancing and all, the, social, all the personal hygiene things that we need to do to get back to a, to a normal because we're seeing that it's working. Um, but know that uh, we're thinking about everybody out there, and uh, we're, we're all in this together, and we're going to get through this together.
1: Great words, Leon. Appreciate it very much. Leon Castello, Athletic Director, Montana State University. Thanks so much. Thank you.
2: At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more.